this is Felice Thomas, your host of The Cell. I would like to thank you for listening to The Cell and for listening to Community Radio, WGRNLP 91.9. Hello, this is Tisha Brady. Today we have Andrew Mon with us. He's the program manager for the Tobacco Prevention Control Program with the Columbus City Health Department. And he's a returning guest. But for our listeners who don't know, could you give us a little bit of information about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you guys for having me on again. Uh, it's It's been a great relationship coming on to the cell um, about once per quarter over the past couple of years. Uh, my name's Andrew Mon. I'm program manager one of the Tobacco Prevention and Control Program uh, with the City of Columbus Health Department. Um, and a lot of what I do is provide um, addiction resources to the public. Um, I provide a lot of prevention education to the city's youth um, on, you know, the harmfulness of, of vaping, tobacco products, nicotine products, trying to prevent our youth from starting those. Um, I manage social media uh, campaigns promoting those same resources and education. I spend a lot of time out in our community at different resource events. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of an overview of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And to tell us a little bit about what's going on that's new with the city and with the program and what our listeners can expect. Yeah, so uh, we were briefly chatting before we started here. Um, coming up on January 1st, the flavor ban uh, that the city of Columbus passed is going into effect. And basically what this means in, in a... Uh, kind of an easy to understand way are that tobacco and nicotine products that are flavored are going to be coming off of the shelves um, in all your retail locations, you know, gas stations, supermarkets, smoke shops, anything that's flavored uh, very clearly like berry, uh, watermelon, uh, grape, those, those sorts of flavors are going to be coming down in an effort to, you know, help people not start those products, prevent them from starting use of those products. Also, there is an aim to help people that are already addicted stop using those products because many of them use them because they taste good and they feel good to use, such as menthol. That's another one. Um, It it cools your throat. Um, So some are cooling agents, some have flavors. Those products are going to be coming off the shelves in an effort to prevent um, and help those that might be addicted quit. Um, So that's one big thing. Um, Another one is we have a uh, social media campaign coming up promoting the Ohio Tobacco Quit Line. Uh, Currently, we're wrapping up a campaign on smoke-free workplaces, um, places of living, businesses. Um, And I do want to plug uh, just really quick Our program, myself, does a lot of work on smoke-free policy. Um, So if anybody that is listening might need help with their business or, you know, place of living, a living community, if anyone needs help drafting or developing a smoke-free policy, um, we do that at the city for free. Um, We come out, do some assessments with you, have some meetings, Um, to really see what you want to get out of a smoke-free policy. And then from there, we draft it and create a policy with you. 
Um, I know there's a lot of stuff there, but that's kind of some of the more recent um, exciting happenings with tobacco prevention. So can you talk to us a little bit about teens and vaping and perhaps why we're seeing an increase? I know a lot of it is tied to it being flavored. Um, but what should parents know and what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there, there's a lot of a lot of reasons why um, a, a teen or, or any member of our youth might pick up a vaping device, whether that's, you know, peer pressure, societal pressure, maybe their friends are using it, um, maybe there's genetics, maybe a lot of people in their family smoke, um, and then that trickled down to, to that member of the family. Um, flavors, as you said, are a big one. Um, that makes it very easy to start these products because they don't taste um, nasty or bad like tobacco does. They make them very appealing. Um, you know, they have the flavors, they have the designs of the actual e-cigarette that the youth are using um, with different designs to make them look cool. The advertisements, they're, they're, they make everything seem very uh, hip or cool. Um, and that everyone should be doing it. That's what the big tobacco companies want them to think. Um, so those are kind of the reasons that somebody might get started. Um, a lot of what I do is go into um, high schools primarily, you know, middle school, high school, somewhere in that ninth, 10th grade range, um, and kind of educate on the harmfulness of vaping um, and what we're currently teaching. Um, just in a, a very basic sense is that smoking is vaping and vaping is smoking. And what that means uh, is that a cigarette and a vape really don't have a lot of difference um, in terms of the negative health outcomes that can come from that. Um, a lot of people have the misconception that e-cigarettes, um, vapes might be healthier for them. Um, and that actually is not the case. We're still doing a lot of research on e-cigarettes and vaping devices. Um, so it's important to teach our youth um, and have those conversations, whether they're from a teacher to a student or a parent to a child, um, that these products are really no safer um, than using um, a, a traditional cigarette or different tobacco product. Um, and that with these vapes comes just as many negative health outcome. Uh, there's a lot of potential for different diseases, breathing issues. Um, so it's a very serious conversation to be having right now as we see that continue to be a trend um, in our middle school and high school students. Andrew, I have a question. Could, yeah. you, ex could you explain to me the difference in between a e-cigarette and vaping? What is the difference in between those two? Well, I kind of use those terms um, interchangeably, and I apologize. There's kind of a lot of terms that get thrown around when it comes to uh, vaping, um, which is more or less eating a nicotine uh, product, a nicotine juice with a lithium-ion battery. That is vaping, um, and it's most basic uh, terminology there. E-cigarettes comes come in many different sizes, shapes, types, brands, um, but they all are generally the same thing and they all are what encompasses 
uh, the, the term vaping. Um, so there, there's different types of e-cigarettes, but they all more or less are, are doing the same thing and working the same way. For children that start vaping um, at a young age, what is the likelihood that they'll transition to actual cigarettes? Is that higher or do they continue to vape? Like what happens there? Um, right now we're actually seeing a, a trend in the, a decline of usage of traditional cigarettes and that most youth are vaping and continuing to vape. Um, we're not seeing a lot of youth transitioning to cigarettes. Now, sometimes we will see the other way around. Um, <clears throat> but as I said, um, it is much less common for youth to be smoking traditional cigarettes these days with, with the amount of products that are out there and the, the ease of use um, with these vapes and these e-cigarettes. So we're really seeing... Um, not not a trend from vapes to cigarettes, um, but maybe a trend from cigarettes to vapes. And just in general, vaping is what is extremely popular amongst our youth. So I kind of have like a twofold question. What causes the addiction and is it similar to the addiction to cigarettes or like the chemicals that cause the addiction for people uh, to smoke? And then what's the impact of the uh, secondhand smoke? Is that also similar to cigarettes? Because I know that there's a perception that it might be safer, but is it safer? Um, yeah, I guess I'll start with, with that part real quick, with the secondhand smoke. Um, vapor does dissipate um, much quicker than cigarette smoke or cigar smoke will in an environment. Um, so if you look at it that way, it would be possible for somebody to be breathing in that vapor and getting secondhand vapor, but it is, uh, there is likelihood, um, and there still are the health effects that come with that. Um, I do have to say that, that a lot of research is still on e-cigarettes and the harmfulness of them, um, but what, what we do know is that secondhand smoke and secondhand vapor both um, can cause health issues um, in certain individuals. And then if you don't mind, could you repeat the first part of your question? What are the triggers uh, for addiction to vaping? So like I know with cigarettes that they, there was a, a chemical in there that kind of triggered mm -hmm. that addiction. Is the same true for vaping? Yes, um, and it actually is you know, the same exact chemical, which is nicotine. Um, nicotine is what is primarily causing our addictions. Um, and nicotine gets into the brain, it gets into the bloodstream through the use, through the smoking of these vapes or cigarettes um, or whatever the choice uh, of use is. And then that creates a dopamine release in the brain, and that's that's what gives you a pleasure feeling. Like, oh, okay, I, I smoked. This feels good. I want to do that again. And that's where the addiction really starts, and it can start as as early as the first time using that. Um, it is different um, from from person to person, but it is nicotine that's causing that addiction. Um, and then the brain's dopamine response is going to be calling for more and more usage over time 
um, because it's not it's going to take more and more nicotine to reach that same pleasure feeling that someone had the first couple of times they may have used that product. We just needed to take a quick identification break. This is Stephanie Thomas with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Sale on 91.9 WGRN and WGRN.org worldwide. But you can listen to The Sale every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the show. What type of um, program does the City of Columbus have set up for people that uh, have addictions or feel that they want to quit, you know, vaping, smoking, or anything like that? What type of programs do you guys have set up? Yeah, we've got a few um, different programs. Um, One of those being the Ohio Tobacco Quit Line. Um, That can be contacted at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. This is specifically for 18-year-olds and over, so this is kind of the adult uh, version of the quit line here. And what happens is you get linked up with a professional um, experienced coach. Lots of times, uh, former smokers, they have that experience. And then they'll walk you through tips and tricks on how to quit. They can provide uh, products, uh, nicotine replacement therapy. So we think of like nicotine gum, nicotine patches, um, those things that can be sold over the counter at your Walgreens or CVS. Um, So that's what that quit service can provide to somebody, a personalized schedule. Um, For youth, um, since we were speaking about youth, this isn't uh, centrally located in Columbus, but there is a service called My Life, My Quit, um, and that can be visited online. It's a confidential system um, for youth, so this is, now we're talking 18 years and younger, um, for those, it's very similar to the Ohio Tobacco Quit Line where they can get linked up with a professional um, and kind of use a texting platform or email platform um, for teens to use and go through that. And then one last one that I can think of um, off the top of my head is our Baby and Me Tobacco Free uh, program. Uh, and that is located at the Columbus Public Health Department uh, where I work on 240 Parsons Avenue. Um, and this program is specifically designed for pregnant women um, that might be addicted to tobacco or nicotine products. Um, very similar to the, the couple of services I described. One huge selling point here is if a um, expecting mother goes through and is successful with the program, she can receive up to a year of free diapers, um, which in turn saves about 900 to $1,000 um, in that first year of their newborn's life. So great program run at the uh, Columbus Public Health Department, Baby and Me Tobacco Free. Um, and then if you visit our website, um, Columbus Public Health, just search that in Google and go to the website. We do have a plethora of locations on a map um, for different addiction services in the city of Columbus. Um, and you can find the right one for you um, based on where you're located or what your needs are. Okay, uh, I have another question for you, Andrew. Um, I know that there's a lot of health problems and issues with uh, smoking and vaping. What are some of the health issues that can impact an individual? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, 
<laughs> there's there's a ton of them. Um, one of the most obvious ones would be uh, cancer from vaping or smoking. Um, both of these products um, can cause uh, various types of cancer. Um, we're, we're talking mouth, throat, lung cancer, stomach cancer, um, all sorts of different um, cancerous diseases. Um, we can also think about um, respiratory illnesses, such as emphysema, uh, COPD, uh, that makes it extremely hard to breathe. Um, so things like that. Heart disease, um, different cardiovascular issues that people can run into. Um, and then we can also kind of scale it down to things like, you know, uh, physical health. Uh, you can lose muscle mass, um, dental issues, dental hygiene. Um, we can get yellowing of the teeth, decaying of the teeth, decaying of the mouth, um, foul odors. Um, yeah, so, so just really a plethora of negative health outcomes that are caused by the use of tobacco and nicotine. Does the city do any tracking uh, to determine how many youth are impacted by these type of uh, diseases? Um, the state of Ohio does have a uh, risk survey. I think it's uh, the Ohio Youth Behavioral Health Risk Survey. Um, so they do try to track yeah. those numbers. As the city of Columbus, I don't know of a specific study on those health outcomes, um, but I do, I do know the state tries to track that. Um, and another thing that we have done in the past is has been able to track the screenings and referrals um, to addiction services. Um, so we do have kind of an idea of, of those that are going through those systems to try and uh, quit their tobacco use. I want to say that the Atom Board helps in that process of tracking uh, that information. Yeah, yeah Adam H. definitely, the, I, I think yeah. it's the same uh, board you're talking about. I think they have a hand in that for sure. Um, they do. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's some epidemiological uh, studies that I could get my hands on too, but as far as I'm aware, I don't have any numbers um, on that parameter. So one thing that I'd like to know for those parents who aren't ready to give up vaping um, but still have liquid nicotine about that can be harmful to children, what should they be doing to prevent uh, nicotine poisoning? Could you repeat that? What should parents who are still vaping um, do to prevent nicotine poisoning uh, if they have liquid nicotine around their house? Oh, nicotine poisoning. Okay, yeah. I mean, the best uh, option is to dispose of that properly um, and then, you know, try and make a quit attempt if you're ready um, to make a quit attempt. Um, you know, getting those products out of the household environment, um, trying to, if you have to use those products, uh, getting away from your children when you use them, trying to be the best influence you possibly can, um, and then trying to make those quit attempts. Um, sometimes counseling um, is super helpful. Other times, you know, a quit service might be really helpful, um, getting access to those things such as nicotine gum, nicotine patches, um, can kind of 
you know, help eliminate the possibility of experiencing something like nicotine poisoning. Andrew, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners before we get ready to um, end the session? Um, I guess, yeah, just a couple last uh, plugs here. Um, as always, please feel free to reach out to myself. Uh, again, my name is Andrew Mon, Program Manager of the Tobacco Prevention Program at City of Columbus. Um, you can reach me at 614-645-6788, or my email is a-k-m-a-u-g-h-a-n at columbus.gov. I'm always happy to answer any and all questions. Um, wanted to reiterate the Ohio Tobacco Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Um, and then just a last service um, that I will be providing uh, for the foreseeable future is the building and crafting of smoke-free policies. So if you um, and maybe your place of work or your living community is in need of a smoke-free policy, always happy to help with that. Um, please reach out to me and we will get you uh, moving in the right direction. Um, just wanted everyone to uh, remember that we are here for you at the City of Columbus. Um, if you or anybody else that you know might be struggling with a tobacco or nicotine addiction, um, there are those resources available to you. Um, please feel free to contact us. Um, we can help you put you in the right direction for the resources you need um, to make that first quit attempt today and live a tobacco and nicotine-free life. And otherwise, I just want to say I appreciate um, you guys having me on the cell again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you both. Um, and, yes, just really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Andrew, we thank you for the information that you provided us. We sure do appreciate that, Andrew. And, of course, you know that we're going to be talking to you again in 2024, you know, yes. because we feel it's important um, to get the message out there so once again, as always, thank you for coming on. And this is Felice, your host. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 91.9 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN. If you'd like to learn more about the Faith Thomas Foundation and to listen to some of our previous shows, please visit our website at faiththomasfoundation.org. You can also visit us on Facebook at Faith Thomas Foundation and on Twitter at Faith Thomas FDN. Hi, this is Felice Thomas, President and CEO of the Faith Thomas Foundation. I would like to talk to you about Karima Homes, LLC, who specializes in home remodeling and fire restoration. Kevin Boding is the CEO with over 25 years of master craftsmanship. Karima Homes is a licensed, bonded, and general contractor business. Kevin's mission is to provide high quality home remodeling and restoration services to residential and businesses throughout our communities. It's important to Kevin to meet the needs of his customers. He feels that the customer's input is necessary in every detail and every step with their projects. 
So visit Karima Homes at karimahomes.com. You can also reach Kevin at 614-343-0609.